Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Got a waft. Duck fat, I'm over town. Duck fat, on the ground. Duck fat, in over town. Duck fat. She's dancing. Duck fat, I'm over town. Duck fat, in in the ground. Duck fat. You're a good dancer to duck fat, Welcome to Chicks 3. It's us. It's, a, it's the way it's you talked about the chicks. It's your favourite chicks about the, no, it's your favourite podcast about chicks in history. So uh, this week we're talking about women in politics and timing because Gladys yeah, Chicken. Butter Chicken, um, she resigned. Left, left the coop yesterday. She's left the White House. Left, she's left a house. She's left her house in disarray. I didn't see because you know we were in the park and you actually saw. Oh, there she's about to make a big, big yeah, announcement. Then yeah. as we're getting in the car, you mm. go, Gladys Berejiklian has just resigned, and I'm like, oh really? Yeah. God. What? And then I hadn't seen her speech, mm. but she was like, with every fibre of my being, I don't want to do this, but I'm being made to do it. Because of ICAC making their decision to look into me now. So I have to go. So she resigned? She wasn't sacked or she was forced? No, she could step aside. When you're being looked into, you can step aside or you can resign. Right. Now, if you step aside and it turns out you've done nothing wrong, you go back into your role. Nice. Right? Okay. Yeah. Or if you have done something wrong, you're fucked. (laughs) Okay. So, so do you think she knows she's done something wrong? She knows she's done something wrong. Um, although they may not prove it because the last three premiers that they tried to do it to, they couldn't prove it. Yeah, right. But what happens if you do resign, you have your um, benefits for the rest of your life, mm. your political benefits mm. for the rest of your life, whether you did something wrong or not. So that's why she knows – I'd say she's done something wrong and she knows it's going to come out. Um, I don't think she thought she was probably doing something wrong at the time. I don't know. I, it's not for mm. me to say. Um, hopefully they'll find out if she actually did or not because corruption is not good. No. But my problem with it is that, um, I'm, you know, I'm not a big Gladys fan. She, I, I'm still cut about the way she spoke about us and oh, the way she treated us. Never I'll forget. I'll never forget. Never no. forget it. Um, she did. A, she did her best. Really did her best. Mm. Anyone can see that. Yeah. She had New South Wales in her sights only. Yes. She did not care about anyone else. No. So she did do the best job she could possibly do for, for New that South state. Wales. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, and we could say that about Dan as well. Mm. But what I don't, what I, and I think if there's corruption and if there's an inquiry, you do need to step aside while that's being. Don't blame. Mm. Stop. She does. She loves a blame. Blame, yeah. She's a big blamer, isn't she? Does, she? she did it to us. She doesn't she take does accountability it. of she just. She doesn't like no. to. She just likes yeah, to chuck a tantrum it's true. and go. And that's fine as well because that's a politician. But yeah, what I, yeah. I think if there's corruption, step aside. Yeah. Do whatever you got to do. Yeah. Everyone's like, this would never happen if this was a man. Well, it should. It should happen if it's men as well. Yeah. So yeah, politics. They are a fucked up bunch. They really are, and they piss me off. 
and mm. get rid of all of them, I say. I honestly, <laughs> my friend's mum, who, God bless her, rest in peace, she was telling me the other day, she said she never swore, but mm. the only time she ever swore was when she'd be see things on TV, especially men. Yeah. Those bastards. It's <laughs> the only word she ever used that was really she. was her swear word? Yeah. The bastards. bastards. Look at the bastards. Make. Get rid of the bastards. Wasn't that a thing? Yeah. Make the bastards honest. Yes. That was it. Yes. Make the bastards honest. So, and I still believe that. Yeah. But, you know, people carrying on about her getting her comeuppance. Mm. Oh, oh, she did such a good job. She doesn't deserve this. We're in a pandemic, blah, 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 blah. Um, no, it happens. When you've done yeah. something wrong and it looks like they've got evidence, Yeah, they're into it and it should just still be... Should, you know there's no ICAC in the federal government? It's only for state governments. Right. Could you imagine if there was, if the Christian Porter or Barnaby Joyce or yeah. any of them had Why is that? Federal government don't want. It was Nick Reiner who made ICAC happen. And then he got ousted because of it. Because of it. They, they Wow. Yeah. So he turned his sword on himself. Yeah. His, yeah. His monster turned on him that he created. So it's very interesting. There's no federal mm. ICAC and there should be. Absolutely should be. So before we go on to your chicken the now, yeah, um, we had a show to watch last week. Oh yes, did you watch it? First ladies, I've watched two episodes. Oh, I've only watched one, and I'm riveted. It's it's so, so good. good. Which ones did you watch? So I watched the Nancy Reagan one. Yep, which was amazing. Have you did you watch that one? I did. I had no idea the, the Nancy Ra- uh, Nancy gays. I didn't know about that. With, wasn't that it? was just, and then the package that they cut of her doing it. Doing it. It was a thing. It was a thing. I remember the Just Say No campaign. Yeah, that's all I remember about Nancy Reagan. Yeah, well, I remember no. having that here. We yeah, had it here when did. I was doing Rocker Steadford. Yeah, just Say No. The oh. Just Say No campaign Don't sponsored. You John Farnham the, and Danielle Gaha? No. The, the um, anti drug do I? <laughs> Do a bit of Fonzie. Arms up. Oh, and the actor's in it. Oh, what's his name? You remember the guy um, used to do the night... You! Spiked his hair. Yes. Missed a lot of school. Problem. Yeah. They blocked it. Always pain. Communication. Oh, does the drugs do you? <laughs> we got I it. it. Oh god, it was just such a <laughs> shit time, wasn't it? Like, and that was because of Nancy Reagan. Yeah, it was during that era. She needed something. So yeah, it's very good. And then I watched the um, Kennedy. Clinton? The Kennedy, Kennedy, the Kennedy, the next one. The next one. I'm really interested to watch the Clinton one. Yeah, well, funny you say that. So am I. How good is it? I was going to talk about that today. It fits in very nicely with our theme. Are you up to date? Yeah, it does. Uh, I, I'm not sure because I just I I watched the last episode and then I fall and then I went to bed and then I fell asleep. So you know how I you know how we were talking about how I never watched the last always. 
nothing half ever an ends hour well for you or badly it just doesn't <laughs> it just goes nowhere <laughs> we're nowhere all asleep in the last half an hour of everything i ever watched and for those listening it is about bill clinton monica Lewinsky. it's a trip. all about linda trip and her sort of story in it and god she was a psychologically messed up person woman yeah. woman well i've gone down a very big rabbit hole with interviews with her right and looking because she only died a year and a half ago yeah yeah and yeah she really wanted suffered from not being the center of attention and making it all about her yeah. and she was so thwarted by what they'd done to her moving yes. her from the white house yes. to the pentagon yes but she you know was, what? was so angry that was right about that yeah and i reckon impeachment really shows that sarah polson has done a really good job of showing this woman who Part of her was just so jealous she could hardly breathe. Oh, so jealous. But the other part of her was she was so angry with the men yep. that did these things to yeah. her and Monica. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so there was a real – she's a very interesting character. There is because there's some parts of it where you think you you side with her. Yeah. You know, when, when she's doing – when she's talking to people about the – Monica thing and how she knows this is happening. It's almost like she's doing it out of a place of goodness. Like she's coming from a place of of kindness and going, this poor girl, something has to happen and we need to put the brakes on for this poor girl. Not realising the gravity gravity of of what what, what she was going to do. She was willing to do that though, to blow him up. Yeah. It didn't yeah. blow him up. No, it blew her up. It blew the girl up and it blew herself up. Yeah, it's Of course, very because good. that's what happens to women. I think she really betrayed Monica and oh, her yeah. friendship. Yes. But I can completely see where she was coming from. Yeah, to same. And so, yeah, impeachment on Foxtel. Yeah, speaking of good actors, yeah, I watched way. episode three of Marriage Story last night and it broke me. I was... Balling my eyes out. It really, they've been, so in episode three, oh, spoiler alert. So if you don't want to know what happens, skip, yeah, skip about, forward. you know, two minutes. Episode three, she's left. So sometimes past, she comes back to the house. And you know that when you've broken up with someone and you you go back to the maybe the house you were living at or and you think everything's so familiar but it's so, so not. Different. She... she that scene, that episode really shows the heartache of when you've had a life with someone and then it's a separate, you're separated. And there's this scene where it's so sad, where she starts looking around the house, kind of, you know, when you're just like, oh, you've, she's like, oh, you've, you've got a new couch. Oh, new rug. Is that a new, looks great. Looks in the being very polite, pleasantries, you know. And then she opens the, old doors to what was the old study and it's become their bedroom it's become the dad and the daughter's shared bedroom and it's so sad because and then he says yeah we just could never live upstairs without you oh god so they they live in the bedroom now and they've he's brought his bed down and he's brought her bed down and they sleep together together and she says she says Oh, like I had no idea. So and he was like, left. well, you wouldn't. You she wouldn't. Left the child. The child. As well. Yeah. 
And he said, well, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't know that this is what's going on. You know, he said, she is having a really hard time and, you know, and, and she says, well, what about when you bring someone home? And he says, I'm not bringing anyone home. Oh. I still love you. Oh. Like I, and it's just, oh God, it's such a, it's such an incredible scene about just that play between you miss someone, but not enough to be with them again, but then you yeah. end up. Yeah. wanting to have sex with him again yes. and then you're like oh my god we shouldn't be doing, shouldn't this. Be doing and, this and he's the vulnerable one you know yes. he's the Which he stops nice it and says to see i, I can't go there yeah i can't you can't much. do this to me yeah. because i will just anyway it's breaking me but it's mm. such amazing acting yeah i mean two amazing actors two amazing actors went to julia blah 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 Anyway, so we're back. Hi. Yeah. Sorry if you just joined us um, after that spoiler alert. Yeah. And sorry if you came in too early. If you are loving this podcast, why don't you rate and review us? That's it. Also follow us now. I think it's called follow. It's not subscribe yeah. anymore. There's a little plus button. Just yeah. push it. Follow us and you'll get a little tick and we'll be like, there you go, followed. Yeah, Boom. Give us Done. five stars. Also, you can follow us on Instagram. We're at Tickstory underscore podcast and also now on TikTok because that's what all the cool kids are doing. Yeah. At Chickstory Podcast. Ratchet. I've got a little bit of in- interesting stuff to tell you about first about politics. Oh, yeah. Just women in politics, okay? Sure. So did you know that as of the 1st of September 2021? Like we're talking... This last month. Month, yeah. Mm-hmm. There are 26 women serving as heads of state and or government in 24 countries. Wow. 26. That's it. I thought that was pretty good. Isn't that bad? That I thought that 24 was good. Countries. I was like, oh, wow. 24 countries, they have a federal parliament and they have something like, like obviously yeah. they don't Hundreds have. Hundreds of. We're in a commonwealth. So there would be a lot of governments like ours. But just say just a Commonwealth government. Yeah. So hundreds. Yeah. 24. 26. 26. Women. Shit. Just 10 countries have a woman head of state and 13 countries have a woman head of government. Only 21% of government ministers were women with only 14 countries having achieved 50% or more women in cabinet. How many? Um, 14 countries. Wow. Having achieved 50%. 50%. The five most commonly held portfolios by women ministers are... Oh, God. Family. Yeah. First one, family. Uh, Yeah. Um, Women's issues. Is that a thing? Women's issues? Yeah. Women affairs. Women Women affairs. affairs Okay. Slash gender equality. Oh, that's good. Um, They've got family, children, youth, elderly, disabled. Right. All the, of the, the caring, compassion, yeah, the compassionate and, ca- and caring roles. Okay. So only 25% of all national parliamentarians are women, up from 11% in 1995. Mm. Okay, so my chick in the now is a woman called Tammy Duckworth. Tammy Duckworth is an Asian-American war veteran and politician. Mm. She's the first disabled woman to be elected to the US House of Representatives. She also became the first Asian-American congresswoman for Illinois and is the first member of Congress born in Thailand. In 2004, while pursuing a PhD at university, 
Uh, she was deployed to Iraq as a combat pilot. Oh. During one of her flying combat missions, she lost her right leg near the hip and her left leg below the knee. Oh, shit. While recovering from her injuries and trauma, she became an activist advocating better medical care for wounded war veterans and their families. In 2009, um, Barack Obama, president, mm. appointed her as the Assistant Secretary of Public and Intergovernmental Affairs for the United States Department of Veterans Affairs, and she's still in politics today. Unreal. Yeah, so she was the very first one. Clap, yeah. clap, 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 clap. Yep, yep. My chicken history today is I'm going to take you back to late Imperial China. Now, um, I just want to mention I did quite a bit of research about this one. I went down a massive rabbit hole because ancient history to me was always really scary. And I don't know why I didn't do history at school, but I always thought I wasn't smart enough. Did you do geography just, instead? No, I did biology. Oh, because we had the choice between yeah. history or geography, which my mother was absolutely appalled at. I did legal studies and biology. Right. I did history instead of geography. I wish I and did I history. I still don't know where things are. I'm yeah. still absolutely surprised I'm bad at where at things geography. are. Yeah, same. You helped me out with this and we also had help from our friend... <gasps> China Girl. China Girl. She's a friend of ours. Her name's Kristen. And she was on Matt Agnew's season of The Bachelor. And everyone called her China Girl. Yeah. Because she... Loved spoke China. Chinese. And she spoke Chinese. She loved everything about China. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She'd been living in China and she loved everything about China. Yeah. But I sent her a message and said, could you please voice message me how to pronounce this name, which is the woman you're doing today. Correct. So all I know is that you were doing, you told me. Mm-hmm. So let's get her to tell us how to say her name. Would you like to spell it? Yeah. Her name is spelt C-I-X-I. Okay. Sushi Tai Ho. Sushi Tai Ho. There was a bit of a z. Now, I actually also got a lot of my information from a woman called Zhang Chang. She wrote a book about uh, the woman that I'm going to talk about today. So, let's set the scene. We're in uh, a time in Chinese history when the Qing dynasty is in power. Q I N G. Qing. Qing dynasty Um, and this dynasty was in power between 1644 and 1912 and they have emperors and they have empresses so we're going to learn all about that okay now this dynasty the Qing dynasty would actually become China's last dynasty so the emperor at the time was Xianfeng and he was 19 and as was custom of the time he had a very substantial harem so he's a player they were all players back well, then. So they should be. They're emperors. They're yeah. Impressive. So m- most harems of that time consisted of an empress, mm. two consorts, 11 sub-consorts, and as many concubines as he as he wanted. The, ep- the emperors, what they would do to choose their concubines is they would hold ceremonies and all of the Chinese girls, young Chinese girls, the parents would ship them in to the oh, Forbidden City yeah. and they would parade in front of him. In the hope and he that would they'd choose. be chosen. Yeah, and he would choose. they would have a good life then, wouldn't they? It was such a privilege to be part of the emperor's harem. Um, and so Sushi, she uh, went to one of these ceremonies. She was 16 and she caught the eye of the emperor. Oh, so she wasn't born into... 
no, 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 no. You don't be born into the royalty? Well, you no, well, you do and you should be, but she didn't. So she listen on. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, so she was born in 1835. Yeah, and so she was just 16 at the time she was chosen to be a concubine. Um, and it was an honour to be selected. It was considered very prestigious. And she was delighted when she was chosen alongside 60 other candidates. So on June, uh, in June 1852, she enters the Forbidden City and she lives in the harem. Um, she's at the harem for a few months and she's getting quite frustrated because she's not being noticed by the emperor. So there's all these so other chicks. It's do very, it's very batchy cocktail party. Yeah, it really is. She's waiting just for her moment to have a chat with him just you know, buy the fake flowers and the candles and just have a little... Can I, excuse me, can I just... Can I have a quick She's chat with you? Sorry, when you... flutes yeah, with... Yeah, with a sh- champagne and yeah. an evening dress. And she's yeah. like, uh, excuse me, Emperor, can I just have a quick can chat I with just you? Five, just five I, minutes? Just five minutes. Sorry, sorry guys. I'm sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry, but... Sorry to interrupt, Empress. you for a minute? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like... Okay, Jesus. And so she comes up with a plan that she's going to get close to the Empress so that um, if she gets close to the Empress, she might have a better chance of getting the um, attention of the Emperor. So her plan kind of works. And after three years of living as a concubine, she falls pregnant to the Emperor and she gives birth to a boy, the Emperor's first and only surviving son. Oh, that's important. This makes her get promoted. Absolutely, she's She's gone gone straight up, straight to the top. Well, she hasn't gone straight to the top. She's gone into second place behind the empress. So the empress is still there. The empress, his mum. The empress is no, his wife at the time. So his number one is the empress. Oh, okay. And then, um, but 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 she has child possibly. Um, and unlike many of the other women during this time, um, Sushi could read and write Chinese. So this enabled her the opportunity to help the emperor govern on a daily basis. So he would actually go to her and ask her for her advice and also to help her with his social engagements. She'd write his speeches and do all of that kind of stuff. Now, in 1856, the Second Opium War was breaking out. So the Opium Wars were all about... Opium being brought into China, the Chinese wanted to ban oh, it. The British, angry. the they British, yes, and it's how Hong Kong got handed over to Britain. And um, so this was the second time. So the second Opium War it was Britain and France, and they again demanded that China legalize opium. Yep. And to end the conflict, China ends up signing a treaty giving the West more business power and control of their ports. Right. Yep. This caused the emperor to flee. Uh, the Forbidden City and when he was gone the army came in and burnt a lot of buildings and really ancient old buildings to the ground. Oh, that's awful. Hundreds and hundreds of year old buildings. That's now, awful. fun fact, you'll like this. One of the British soldiers came in and he found a woman who had um, not made it out in time and she was surrounded by five Pekingese dogs. I love it already. So the, um, the I can't believe it. I saw a Pekingese dog this morning. Did you? Mm-hmm. So the soldier picked up the Pekingese dog and took it home and gave it to the queen, and it became the royal dog? Queen Victoria's yeah. dog. Oh, wow. And Queen Victoria actually had a portrait painted of this dog. So because of all of this turmoil and 
the emperor having to flee, he suffers from depression and he turns to drugs and alcohol and he becomes really, really ill from this. He dies in self-imposed exile, exile in 1861. His last dying wish is that his son, his only son, Sushi's son, yep. becomes emperor. Yep. He's only five at the time, yeah. so it's way too young to rule an empire. Yeah. So he decides he's going to put in eight princes to help him rule this empire. So he's, this five-year-old has gone, well, I can't do this. Yeah. I'm going to need a bit of help. So these eight legal council men form yeah. around him yeah. to help him rule. Now, Sushi is like, mm, I don't really like this idea. She... Gets, on, gets the empress and says, let's stage a coup and overtake these eight men. Mm. And she does. She accuses the eight men, or her and the empress, accuse the eight men of being incapable in their duties and she has them removed from power. Wow. She also orders the execution of, them. of all eight men. Oh, shit. That's a lot. But in a change of heart, yeah. she only executes three of them and okay. she spares That's five. It's still a lot. It's still a lot. She has one beheaded yeah. and the other two, and this was very common at the time, mm. she sent them a white silk scarf that they had to use to hang themselves. What? She was pretty ruthless. She, yeah. she was, and, it, and the thing to remember is it's medieval China. There's even stories of her throwing the emperor's favourite concubine down a well. So now we have two women, both in their 20s, who are essentially, they've essentially overtaken the dynasty. And um, nobody's questioning them because the Chinese people at the time actually welcomed a new China. They believed that Sushi uh, was the woman who was going to bring China into yeah. the modern times. They believe in a lot of things like that, like luck and yeah, things, yeah. you know, have presented themselves for reasons. And yeah. So she wasn't challenged and um, she was the first person in Chinese history to come up with the idea to not resist the West coming to trade. Okay, so even though she was really respected and she was high-ranking, women were still uh, extremely segregated. So even though she was living in the Forbidden City and she, her son was the emperor and she was kind of in power now, she was still forbidden to go to places of the, um, of the, of the Forbidden City. So she could only live within her harem, within the harem and where she was allowed to go. And women weren't allowed to go to like the front part of the thing. There was parts of the city she had never set foot on because she was a woman. And because of this, she had both women, when they were attending court, had to do so behind a curtain. So the emperor would sit in his throne and they would... Um, stand behind a silk curtain so not to be seen but they so they could still hear what was going on to make the decisions and be able to kind of rule and this is known as ruling from behind the curtain right so sushi would go on to rule the Qing dynasty for nearly half a century Throughout her time, she introduced many reforms. One of them was to put China back on the map in front of the Western world. So she hires Abraham Lincoln's, one of Abraham Lincoln's ministers to become China's ambassador to the West and help mm. spread the word about China. She's also responsible for modernising China. She introduces railways, telephones, mm. the modern navy, the modern army and the modern education system of China. She selects a handful of children and she sends them to America to be trained in the Western way. Yep. And when these men return back, they become the pillars of China's modernisation. Yep, right. 
So she knows she can't govern forever because by the time her son comes of age, she has to retire. He takes over then. So when her son is 16, he yeah. takes over. But he has no interest in running the state. Doesn't and he? And like most 16-year-old boys, the only thing he's obsessed with is sex. So he leaves the Forbidden City often to visit brothels. And he he's sees... He's a whole concubine yeah, harem. No, he's not interested. But not he'd interested. have to make decisions, wouldn't he? He doesn't want to run the state. So he goes to the brothels. He sees both you know male actually and... I thought you were going to say? He was just too interested in his Xbox. And yeah. <laughs> He's on his, his phone TikToks. and he's just always like on Instagram. Kind of teenager, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, but yeah. So he goes to the brothels. He does see both male and female prostitutes, and he mm. dies at the age of eighteen. What of? Reports say he died of syphilis. Yeah, that'll get you. So this puts Zushi back in charge. Mm. So That's um, big time. yeah, but she needs to appoint another emperor, another um. Male? Male emperor. So to protect her position, she decides to adopt her nephew mm-hmm. and puts him in charge yep. for next in line. He's only three. Oh, okay. So she knows she's got... That much time. Yep. 13 years yep. to rule until he's going to come into power. And get him Very to maybe smart. just be interested in prostitutes as well. Very smart. <laughs> so she's in the middle of doing some pretty exciting things like building a railway that will become the artery of the Chinese economy and her nephew eventually comes into power. He's staunchly traditional. He's a Confucius scholar Mm -hmm. and he doesn't have any interest in what's going on in the outside world. He hates foreigners. He hates um, anything she's doing. He shelves all of her projects, including the railway. And he's also a bit of a wimp. He's a, apparently he's afraid of thunderstorms. Oh, and when shit. thunderstorms happen, his eunuchs have to shout to drown out the sound of the thunder. Oh, God. So this puts China back quite a few steps mm. and leaves them vulnerable to invasion. Mm. And in 1897, Germany and the West moved in, move in and take parts of China. And um, Zushi and her party are driven out of Beijing. Uh, in 1902, she returns. She makes peace with the Western powers yeah. and they realise that she's not a West hater and she wants to work with them. Sure. So she goes on with her reforms again and she's allowed to – she develops an opera company because she loves the arts and she loves opera. Oh, she also – she makes China's first film. So you can say that she was actually China's first executive producer. She was. Of film. Now, one of the most important reforms she initiates is to ban foot binding. Oh, thank God. That was a hideous thing. Can we talk about foot binding? I mean, we know, just say what it is and and that's it. It's it's a hideous thing. Horrific. And I unfortunately went down a rabbit hole of that Mm. and saw photos. And it's horrific. My father used to joke about that with my feet because I have such big. My mother was a size 11. Yeah, right. Woman yeah, it's very huge. Yeah, I'm a size ten, and Dad would go, "Oh, we should have bound your feet." <sighs> That's awful, and it's not. Ju- I think a lot of people in the West think that it's just putting cloth around your feet, no. to, but it's actually breaking it's got bones. A mane, mane to, yeah, um, and the only grow. toe that's allowed to grow is the big toe. It's horrible. It's it's absolutely hot. Yeah, and looks. Ugh, the big, just one big toe on a tiny foot. Yeah, but it was considered to be, um, it was a status symbol and a mark of beauty. Oh, that's ridiculous. 
ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Humans are the worst. Yeah, yeah. So she hated it and she banned it. Good. She was the first person to ban it. She also introduced Western legal systems. She kind of had a little bit of an epiphany and, and was really embarrassed about the medieval stuff that she did, like beheading that guy and throwing that girl down the well. Wow. So she wanted to get rid of the antiquated Chinese penal laws and she introduced – um, oh, and she also banned at the time there was a death by a thousand cuts yes. where the convicted would die from yep. being cut. cut. Yep. yep. Oh, God. Um, so Maybe she also – of the worst. Awful. Tortures. Yeah. That's just awful. She also brought in new a new education system and in 1905 she um, – she was really obsessed with turning China into a constitutional monarchy with an elected elected parliament and she wanted to give Chinese um, people the vote. She loved the traditions and everything that went with the monarch. She actually learned to wave like the queen and thought it was Bless. amazing. that she, And there's footage of her standing waving like the queen. Yeah. Um, and she loved the idea of people bowing to her and kneeling to her. And she thought this could save the dynasty because mm. if we put this sort of regal feeling mm. behind it. She was fascinated with driving in cars but she couldn't – get into a car because she didn't know how the person driving her could kneel for her and drive at the same time. <laughs> so she, so she dies in 1908 and the day prior, her nephew dies. Oh, the, the wussy one? The wussy one. No. Yeah. So, so he dies and it's later discovered by poisoning and they, there's a little bit of a thing to say Maybe she had she something to do it. with it yeah. and – this gives Zushi the opportunity to put another child on the throne. Right. She knew exactly what she was doing. And this is the famous last emperor that the movie The Last Emperor last is emperor. about. He's two years old. Have you watched it? I haven't, but I we Must. need to. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, so then on 12th of February... I, mean, I personally prefer The Golden Child with Eddie Murphy in it. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> But on the 12th of February 1912, six-year-old Puyi, mm -hmm. the last emperor of China, abdicates. And this brings an end to the thousand-year imperial rule oh. of China and marks oh. the beginning of republic and socialist rule wow. in China. The end. That's incredible. Yeah, so that is the story of the emperor dowager Zushi. Yeah, it's incredible. Such a fascinating story and re I really, really loved researching this one. Yeah. Well, it was good. So what are we going to do next week? Science. No, let's do comedy. Comedy? Because we've gone a bit serious. Okay, okay. Comedy. Because we've got a lot of women like that. Yeah. Like a lot of amazing women. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> comedy. <laughs> See you next week. Ciao, ciao. Thank you.